This is the fourth and final part of the Tommy Alsop interview in his own words. Well, it was it went pretty good. Uh, in fact, we didn't have a drummer, and we were switching around, and I saw Richie more that night, and Buddy got there early, or we, when we got there, we, did, we were late getting there, and uh, he had talked to Anderson and got uh, the manager and got arrangements for me and him and Waylon to fly, and the big bopper had the flu, and he had talked to Waylon about if there's another seat, he'd like to have it, and Waylon said, well, you can go in my place. I don't, I don't really care about flying that much, so... He gave up his seat. Well, when Richie found out the bopper was going, then he wanted to fly, and he asked me several times. But I saw him a lot more that night because we were on stage a lot. He was back in the other acts, you know, playing drums, and uh, and he asked me four or five times if he could fly, and probably that was the reason because I seen him more that night, and I usually did. But that's the main thing I remember about the surf was the fact that it was uh, it was it was different in the sense that. You know, you don't feature Buddy back there playing drums, star of the show, and uh, and you don't um, just things like that. You will stand out in your mind, and and now fifty years later, you got pictures that you tell people about it, and you wonder through the years they think you've been lying about it, and then now here all of a sudden we got pictures to back us up what we've been telling people for fifty years. You know, it's, and you remember I remembered all that. You know, right? Yeah, thirty six dollars a piece we paid for. That was the cost of the charter, yeah. Well, then happened uh, after I'd got off. We'd loaded everything on the bus, and I got my little bag of dirty shirts and was getting in the wagon and got in the back seat by the big bopper, and Buddy turned around and said, Go back in there, Tommy, and check, make sure we got everything loaded out. Because we was using Carl's drums, and uh, uh, I went back and checked the van and said, Make sure we had loaded everything you know, off the stage and and he had never said that before, and it was kind of odd, you know, and I didn't think about it for years, you know, but I wondered why he did ask me to go back in there, you know. And I don't, I think it but it was the reason, the fact that we was using Carl's drums, and we had left, Carl had left his clothes bag hanging in a dressing room a few nights before that, but uh, had, he had not said that. I'd been on the way to the airport, you know, with him. But that's when I saw Richie in there. He was still in the building signing autographs, and, he asked me again, said, you going to let me fly? And I just pulled out a 50-cent piece and flipped it and said, call it. And he called ahead, and it lit ahead. So I went back and told Buddy about it, and he said, well, let me. I said, will you pick up a letter for me at the airport? And he said, yeah, or airport. Will you pick up a letter at the post office? And he said, yeah, give me some ID. Uh, my mother had sent me a letter, and back then you got your mail through general delivery. So he... Uh, I was trying to find my driver's license, and he just said, I'll give me your wallet, and he just took my wallet and stuck it in his inside pocket. And that's that's why they found five IDs the next morning, only four bodies, because their clothes had kind of ripped off of them, and they found that all the guys' wallets were laying around, you know. that Mine was laying outside the of Buddy's coat, the sheriff told me. Yeah, the first news that went out said I could be, well, it listed all five names, but they only found four bodies, and they found five names. And it wasn't until uh, later up in the morning that uh, Mr. Anderson, the manager of the ballroom, went out there and told him that that who the four was that I wasn't on the plane. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I was talking to my mom in Claremore, Oklahoma, and, and the lady next door was trying to tell, call her and tell her that she'd heard about it on the Tulsa radio station that I was listed as one of the people on that plane. I was asking her if she'd been on watching TV that morning. She said, no, she hadn't turned it on. 
But the very minute I was talking to her, well, uh, a lady named Gaddis that lived next door was trying to get through to her, and her line was busy to tell her she just heard on the radio. It, it, and then I've got several relatives up here that heard the same announcement, you know, where I could have been one of the people on the plane. You know, actually, from the surf ballroom to that airport, uh, it's it's probably less than two miles. And it's it's in Mason City, but it's right on the line where you see the when you're going into the, to Clear Lake from Mason City, it says uh, Mason, it says Clear Lake, and you can look to the right right there, and that's where the runway started, where they took off from. So that's you know you can stand there at that Clear Lake sign, throw a rock out there on the runway where they pull where they left from that night, because they took off to the east instead of the runway where it runs north and south, but they took off to the east and circled back to the south. Came back over the runway and went right straight down the runway, kind of northwest, you know. And uh, and then Dwyer told me, he said, I watched the plane lights. He said, then, all, you know, they went over the horizon. But I think the plane was going down more than going over the horizon. It was just, you know, they were losing altitude. Right. Yep. When when I gave Buddy my wallet and uh, slapped him on the arm and said, I'll see you in Clear Lake the next day, that was it. It was cold and clear. You know, it was like probably f- it'd been like 15 below zero, and uh, it was probably that. But it was probably that cold, but it was clear. You know, and they, and they talk about snowstorms. There was snow on the ground, but it, you know, there wasn't no snowstorm going on. There was flurries in the area. You know, but I think that just the kid couldn't read. Uh, you know, he wasn't worked checked out on his instrument flying. So I think that was a big deal right there. Yeah, we had. We headed for Fargo, North Dakota, and that's where we're staying. And the big bopper that day, he got sick. He we stopped at a Army and Navy store, and he'd bought a sleeping bag, an old canvas sleeping bag. And I got that sleeping bag, and he said, "You can use it." And uh, I've heard people say, "Well, Waylon said he got in the sleeping bag, but I'm the one that slept in the sleeping bag." And back back in those days, they had a seat all the way across the bus. For for uh, the black Amer- African American people, that's where they used to sit in the back of the bus, and that seat went all the way across. And I got back there and laid down on that seat and got in that sleeping bag, and was actually warm all the way to Clear Lake, or from Clear Lake to uh, Fargo, North Dakota, which is about 350 miles. And we got in there about uh, 10, about 11 o'clock the next day, 10:30, 11 o'clock. Yeah, I, I walked in the hotel, me and the road manager, and uh, I was up and. Uh, uh, sitting up in front talking to him when we got there and Waylon, everybody was still asleep on the bus and he and I walked in the hotel and I, I told the guy at the desk, I said, put me next to Buddy Holly and he said, uh, well, man, didn't you hear? I said, them guys got killed. Well, when we was walking through the lobby, the big bopper's picture was on the television. I thought it was just an advertising for the dance and by the time this guy told me, they'd changed the pictures to they're showing Buddy and Richie, you know, and yeah, well, that's how we heard it. This concludes our special presentation on Tommy Olson. We hope you've enjoyed listening to his account on the time he spent with rock and roll legend Buddy Holly. You've been listening to Oklahoma Music Legends. Spread the word. We can be found on iTunes, Buzzsprout, Stitcher, Google Music Play, and on Spotify. Find all of our podcasts on our website, oklahomamusiclegends.com. Click on the podcast link where you'll find all of our stories. While you're there, check out our updated picture galleries. Join our Oklahoma Music Legends Facebook page. For Oklahoma Music Legends, 
I'm Tommy Henshaw. Thanks for listening.